So, uh, Greg, you are at the other end of the room. Please uh, come. Uh, sorry, we're running late. We'll try to catch up. So we will have now our panel on the uh, future of uh, shipping finance. Now we kindly ask the uh, panelists to come forward. Uh, I see Stuart. Thank you. Where is Dimitris Glinos? If we don't find Dimitri, we'll get Robert Perry. Dimitris is here. I know, I know, I'm only joking. So, please, if you don't mind. So you can get started. You have the. Uh... <laughs> I hope you've got 25 minutes. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the panelists. My name is Greg Chase. I'm a partner at Reed Smith based in New York. We have, ReSmith is a large global partnership. We have uh, offices in 26 places around the world. And our shipping team, which operates as one group, uh, operates from Hong Kong, Shanghai, New York, London, all, all as one team. And we are very active in all manner of transactions for the shipping industry, everything from, from banking to private equity. We do owner side work uh, and, 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 and a whole range of areas. We're very excited to moderate this panel today. We have a, what I think is a very interesting group of panelists, CFOs for shipping companies based both in, in the West and here in the East. And I think looking at the agenda, we have the opportunity to sort of set up the rest of the afternoon's uh, discussion. Of course, there are discrete panels. Hi, Dimitri. We have discrete panels this afternoon covering uh, leasing, banking, alternative finance. But I think in this, with this panel, we can begin to explore what, uh, it, what the companies who consume this different finance are thinking about as they approach the different options. We have a, a quite a range of options in the market today. Uh, and I think you know, this is a great opportunity to unpack a little bit about where things are headed. And we'll try to draw, compare and contrast the experience of the different companies in raising finance and hopefully get a little bit of a sense for where things are headed in this area over the next couple of years. So let's, 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 start, let's start simple. What, what are some of the considerations that ship owners are considering in this market when they look at ways to finance vessels? Maybe we'll start with Peter. Thank you very much, Greg. Uh, I think when we look at the ship finance market uh, going forward, uh, there's a lot of talk that the availability of ship finance, especially traditional bank finance, is coming down. People are forced, in many cases, to look at alternative sources, by definition, often more expensive sources of finance, and that is, is, is what doesn't work. Does it work now? No. Now? Does it work? Sorry, I'm bringing the mic a up a bit too far away, but uh, hopefully this is better. So as I was saying, uh, there's a lot of concern about there being less availability of traditional finance and that other sources are more expensive and people uh, you know, will need to make their balance sheet more complex, uh, etc. I mean, I, I would take the view that, and maybe it's a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a contrary view, that the availability of ship finance has probably been too great in, in recent years. Uh, there has been too much money, whether on debt or equity, coming into shipping. 
and we've had too low barriers of entry, which has meant overcapacity and has dragged down the market for a number of years. So I don't actually think that the lack of finance on a general basis is necessarily a bad thing for shipping in the long term. Uh, what it will mean, though, it, there, will be, there will be a bifurcation of strong versus weaker ship owners. The ones that have ava uh, availabil availability of, of financing at, at reasonable cost and the ones that don't. Uh, and it will mean it's more it will be more difficult to enter the industry. So uh, I don't uh, share the concern that this is necessarily a bad thing, that there's less money going into shipping. I think that's actually a long term. I think that's actually a good thing. So that's one of the things uh, uh, you know we're 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 thinking about uh, you know in the future. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the panelists, the companies represented by the panelists here, uh, probably have access to a wide menu of financing options. Uh, Stuart, I think your your company has done uh, bank loans and also leasing in the last uh, couple of years. How do you identify a transaction that's suitable for a particular asset? Uh, what, what's kind of the internal process when you're evaluating options? Um, well, um, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks uh, for the question. Um, we look at, I suppose it's not really asset-based is the first thing. We don't look at how do we finance an indi individual asset. We look more to how do we finance the company, what does the overall portfolio look like, and on any given transaction, how does, uh, how, does the, how does the new transaction fit with that portfolio in terms of what's the overall cost of borrowing, What's our repayment profile? When are we going to have to refi refinance assets? Our view on the market and, and that sort of thing. So um, generally speaking, it's, it's done on a portfolio basis. And um, as Peter mentioned, I don't think that there's, or we certainly don't find that there's any lack of financing. Um, we, find, we have a number of different sources that we can go to. And on any different opportunities, just saying, how do we, how do we, um, how do we want to position the company overall? And how do we want to position the balance sheet? Um, I think all the types of financing that are on offer are rational in terms of the margins or cost of that financing. It just depends what your counterparty is offering. Um, so in one case, we may decide that we want to stretch out a maturity and we want to have a, a slower amortization profile, which might lean us more toward leasing, as we did a few lease transactions last year. Um, in, other, in another case, we did a, a refinancing of, uh, of the... Um, an acquisitions debt after the after the acquisition, and that was more about getting covenants in line, reducing the cost of borrowing, um, and things like that. So it really depends again on how do we. It's a it's a question in each case of how we're we managing our overall portfolio. Cecile, maybe I'll, I'll I'll move to you. You you have the designation of being a private company. Is your experience similar? Do do you have a, men, a range of options, and and how do you approach the exercise? Thanks for the questions. Um, yeah, we are a private company, so I think in terms of the consideration, I could say much of the same, um, pretty much the same with um, Stuart and Peter, but I think because we're not listed company, we're private owned, um, we don't need to be responsible for the, I mean, we don't need to disclose our figures to the public, but we do need to res um, yeah, be responsible for our shareholders, the family. So that's why, I mean, when we do um, make any decision, we, yeah, we have a similar um, strategy with them. Um, we need to look at the portfolio as a whole, whether the returns make sense, whether the margins make sense. And also, I think, um, I mean, cash is king. Uh, probably all of you will agree with that. 
So that's why I think uh, when we enter into like consider whether we should go for a uh, bank finance or leasing structure, we also look at the um, the cash position whether we can free up the, we free up the cash. Um, whether the, the cash break even, PL break even, it makes sense to us. Um, but not just for short term, we also look at um, um, long term, whether it's sustainable for the company to grow because um, we are family owned business. Yeah. Thank you for that. Dimitri, is, is, would you say that's a consistent theme for you? Yes, no, we, we, totally, we totally agree. I mean, in general, we, we need to monitor the, the break-evens. So we need, especially if there is spot employment, uh, we need to have a moderate leverage, uh, you know, in the region of 60% uh, in general. Uh, and that's the, the lessons learned from, uh, from the recent uh, past and even the distant past. So obviously, when there is a long-term time charter in place, you can go to, to much higher levels and match, you know, match the contracts uh, and even get some, uh, some excess uh, cash. But just uh, with regards to the, to the access of capital, uh, to capital that we were discussing earlier, we do think that there is still uh, enough access to capital for, for big owners, at least like uh, uh, the company, uh, Mr. George Konomo's group of companies that I'm working at. Uh, so there is a, still a variety of options. I mean, obviously traditional banks, uh, we've seen some downscale, especially from, from the German banks. But we, at the same time, there are some very strong names that are still in the market. And we see also some concentration and we see a trend where, you know, people tend to increase their single client levels at higher numbers uh, when they find good, uh, good names. Uh, also, the, the Chinese leasing companies, we do think they're doing an excellent job uh, here. I mean, Last year, from, from this panel, I was saying that uh, it was a bit, you know, a different model than the traditional ship financing. While at the time, even uh, earlier than that, the, the product that the Chinese leasing companies were giving was different to the uh, European lenders or international commercial lenders. Now they offer, you know, alternative sources. They offer different options. So you can even go low leverage and actually get uh, terms close and very competitive to, to international commercial lenders. I think this is very important for uh, international ship owners. Uh, that, that actually leads to my next question very nicely. Uh, certainly I understand there's been a trend towards the, the uh, sort of more competitive uh, product from the Chinese leasing companies with economics more, more similar to, to European lenders. Would you all on this panel, did anybody, does anybody see it differently? Is it, is it very close now between Chinese leasing and, and banks? And, and, and what would be some considerations in choosing between the two if that's the case? Um, I'll just maybe mention that I do think it's quite similar. And I, I would actually say even, the, even before um, offering packages similar to the European banks, I would still say that they were really quite similar in that by the time you factor in the length of the facility, the leverage of the facility, the, the cost of lending, again, I would say would, is actually quite comparable. So although, the, you know, it's, it's a higher margin, it was a different product. And I still I think they've always been competitive. It's just been a different, in a different, uh, different, sort, of, um, different sort of product. Um, going forward, if they're both offering, offering comparable, um, comparable um, products, then I think it's I think it's just good news for the for the shipping companies another another avenue to raise financing and um, 
you know, just balance the the the, um, the different alternatives and and uh, look for you know perhaps things like covenants and, requi and requirements for administration and that sort of thing. To, you know, which is an easier product to work with or an easier facility to manage. Yeah, I, I guess in that same vein, I was wondering if we could maybe get a little more specific about some of the areas of, of convergence. So I, I gather leverage is getting, there's a, it's possible to use similar leverage uh, with, with leasing products as well as, as bank loans. And then, of course, there's pricing, there's, there's covenants. Are, are, is there convergence in each of these areas? Well, I mean, it's, you, I think you can get probably more leverage in, in the leasing market than you can get in the bank market. I mean, whether that is desirable, it's a different story. It can be very tempting to leverage up assets to 80 or 90 percent, even if you're in the spot market, but I'm not sure that's necessarily desirable. I think one distinction between uh, traditional bank finance and leasing, uh, which, uh, you know, in, at least in our experience, has been, a, has been an issue in the past, is the strategic flexibility. Uh, when we finance assets, it's important for us to be able to, uh, 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 for that financing not to be a restriction on our ability to uh, divest or, or move vessels in and out of the facilities. And uh, I'm not sure uh, yet uh, that the leasing structures are as uh, competitive as the bank financing in that respect, but I'm sure anything can be negotiated, but I've yet to see structures which are as, uh, as, as flexible. Yeah, I agree. Also, I, I also want to um, add one more point. I think in the past, um, what we can see, um, the I mean, I, I, I think nowadays, um, leasing company, when they offer um, indicated terms, actually is more innovative um, than before. Uh, I think that kind of um, innovation probably um, bank can't offer because there's a lot of uh, regulation compliance in place. Um, for example, some of the terms that, um, like proposal that we got from leasing company, actually, um, they would try to be competitive to lower the margin, um, so um, it's really close to the bank. But at the same time, they may increase, um, they, they may have some profit sharing element um, if we dispose the vessel. So I think it gives us some flexibility, and also I think for for the ship owner, we welcome for all these um, innovative products, uh, which. Our bank may not be all, may not be able to offer nowadays. And, and do you, in your experience, does that flexibility include early early exit from the transaction? Yeah, I think as um, Peter mentioned, there's a lot of um, rooms to um, discuss with the ship owner. They're they're very flexible as well. So yeah, in terms of the exit um, option, yeah, we, you you can negotiate, you can discuss with them. It's more I think flexible compared to the bank. Or, or a long Chinese leasing company, I would say. And, and in the current environment, is it, is it still the case that a leasing project needs to have a, a Chinese component, perhaps a new building, or, or is it possible to finance second-hand vessels built elsewhere? Um, certainly, certainly possible to finance second-hand vessels um, built elsewhere. Um, I think there's always a preference to mix some, some Chinese-built vessels in. Um, but it's but we haven't found it to be to be a requirement. No, I think with the uh, business plans that the leasing houses have, uh, they need to uh, get considerable deal flow uh, through the door. So I think uh, I think they're quite open to uh, to whatever makes sense for them. So, so other than you know traditional bank loans and leases, there of course are a lot of other uh, what we call alternative uh, options available in the market. Uh, are, are those products things that your companies w w would look at 
is it are they are they competitive with bank loans and leasing in this at the moment? Well, there's always a trade-off in terms of cost here. I mean, bank loans, leasing tends to be the cheapest available, and and but it's always sensible to have other forms of financing, other markets that you can tap, because neither banks nor leasing houses will be. You know, they, it goes in cycles. Sometimes they're aggressive, sometimes they're less aggressive. So it is very important to have alternative sources of funding. You know, whether it's in the capital market uh, or 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 the you know term loan market, whatever it whatever it is. Uh, so so uh, keeping flexibility is important, but you have to be mindful it will cost uh, cost you uh, cost you more. And, and Dimitri, is is it fair to say does your team look at options you know beyond bank loans and and, and leases in this market? Well, uh, for the time being, we're happy with uh, with our bank loans. We're happy with uh, our first uh, transactions in the uh, with the Chinese leasing houses, uh, which, hap which are happening this year. Uh, while at the same time, well, in banks loan bank loans, we also have done a lot of uh, transactions with uh, export credit agencies, but we consider that to be bank loans as well, which they are. Uh, at the same time, we are exploring new markets. Uh, for example, we see there is a there is a market for uh, you know Japanese uh, uh, jolcos uh, where you know returns can be can be very low if you if you put together the structure. Uh, but you know it is complicated to to get in in the Japanese market for the for the first time. But if you if you do it, I guess it, there is economies of scale for uh, for the next times. Uh, but th there are there are structures that could work uh, and even. Uh, the Japanese, they, they have uh, also leasing structures, so Japanese owners, because they, they don't have a lot of projects to work at, they can uh, be the leasing company towards the, the ship owner. Uh, so that can be also uh, an alternative source of capital that we see. Um, through, the, through the TK group, we have accessed other forms of, of capital. Um, obviously, we've done um, convertible bonds, we've done uh, knock bonds and other things, and, and that is certainly something that we would consider. Again, I think it comes back to what I was saying before about the overall portfolio and trying to manage that and managing the amount of leverage you have and the cost of borrowing, but um, definitely all of these things are, are to be considered when, when looking to raise, uh, raise financing. I, I believe Pacific Basin has also done a convertible bond. We've done many convertible bonds. We have one still outstanding. So we've been a frequent issuer, and I think I think we've used that market, uh, you know, as an alternative to the bank market. Um, it has provided us with long-term six, seven-year money, uh, no amortization, uh, a reasonably competitive P&L cost, a very competitive cash cost. Uh, obviously, there's dilution. It's a mezzanine instrument, so there is an inherent uh, cost, uh, economic cost to that to those instruments. But uh, uh, I think, as a frequent issuer in the Hong Kong market, it's it's a, it's a, it's an instrument and it's a market that's always been very uh, supportive. We felt it fitted well into our structure, alongside our core bank portfolio and 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 some of the say leasebacks that we have in uh, in Japan. It fits in the structure. Is there kind of a, a minimum size that, that is sensible for a transaction like that? Is in, in, in I think it's fair to say in, in the U.S. we see less of that in, in shipping, mm -hmm. but, but I wonder about this this approach uh, as possibly being viable as, as as the time goes on. I can't speak for the U.S. market, but uh, but in if if you ask me a minimum size in Hong Kong, you probably shouldn't you wouldn't want to do less than 100 million as a rule of thumb. 
and, and Stuart, is a, is a convertible bond, do, do you see more, uh, more of a trend in that direction or other kinds of institutional invest, investment? You know, I know there's term loan Bs in the U.S. which are a little bit in vogue at the moment. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people are starting to dabble in, in other things, as you mentioned, the term loan Bs. Some of that has been done in the, sh in the shipping space now, so the other types of money coming in. Um, I'm not really sure that convertibles will be any more of a trend going forward than it has been. Um, I think it's just another option. But um, all, of, all of these different um, alternatives have different requirements and fit with certain types of markets or even sectors um, at one time or another that may not fit with, with others. So you have to, you know, is that market open to your type of company with your type of exposure to the market is probably the first consideration to understand what your alternatives are. And that really varies from company to company based on the profile and, and the part of the, the industry that you're in. Uh, do you think the covenant packages that are required for you know, convertible, for example, are more stringent than, than, for example, would be necessary with Chinese leasing or, or traditional bank lending? I haven't, I haven't done a, per, a convertible myself, so I will maybe defer yeah. to Peter on that. We, we have no covenants for all convertibles. Yeah. So covenant light to say, <laughs> you, you might say. Quite. Yeah. Yeah. Cecile, are there, are there other forms of finance that, that Wakwang looks at closely in, in this market? So, um, I mean, because we're not listed company, um, we don't have a credit rating. So if we say, I mean, currently we only have a um, bank loan um, ship finance and uh, leasing structure. So if we say, okay, we go to um, the state or fundraise money or I think this kind of transaction, um, because we're private, um, it could be costly. But definitely if is there another kind of alternative funding for us. So going forward, yeah, we explore the opportunity. If it makes sense um, as a portfolio basis, I think, yeah, we will consider that as, as well. And, and Cecile, you, you said you do have leases in place? Yes, we do. And, and how, how easy is it if you need to make adjustments to, to a lease? Is it, is it possible to, to amend leases to adjust covenants or to facilitate uh, perhaps Adding, adding more vessels in a cross-collateralized basis, or what are some of the, the, the uh, is, is it flexible? Um, I mean, we have a few leases in, put in place um, with um, long Chinese leasing bank, a leasing company, and also Chinese leasing company. So for the portfolio with um, leasing company, actually we haven't done any adjustment or have any discussion with them, so I, I won't comment, um, but I do believe um, there will be a flexibility if, if, um, if, yeah, if we need to. But um, based on my experience with a long um, Chinese leasing company, actually it's not that um, flexible, I could say. Uh, yeah, we, we, we try to cha change something, but I think do, because of the compliance and maybe internal procedures, um, not that easy, but definitely if we really want to push, could be, but would be costly. But, but I think this, is, this highlights one of the issues uh, that we might uh, face one day in a cyclical industry. I think having gone through a difficult market, I think most shipping companies are quite, uh, if not comfortable, then at least used to dealing with the traditional banks and how they think and how to, uh, whether you need to amend covenants or have discussions and all these things. We've done this many times over the cycles and, and the banks uh, are, are, are used to these discussions. Uh, how the leasing 
industry will deal with a severe downturn and, and, and uh, defaults, etc. I think we have yet to see how that, uh, how that will play out. And I think that's also something to bear in mind when you put these structures together, especially if you rely heavily on Chinese leases. When the, thing, when, when the going gets tough, uh, how is that going to play out? So would it be fair to say on that basis that if you're a larger company, that there might be a, a significant preference to keep majority of the financing with traditional sources such as banks, because you can anticipate those discussions uh, when and if they need to happen. And, and to the extent there might be a particular project that lends itself well to the economics of a lease, uh, that might be on the table, but really as a, as a, as a plan B. Uh, I, I can't speak for, the, for, 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 for others, but from our perspective, it's important to have different sources of financing and not rely on, on one source of financing. However, uh, we still believe that the bank market, in which I also, uh, like Dimitris, include ECA, is, is probably the most uh, flexible and low-cost alternative at the moment. You can definitely do leases. We do some leasing as well. But uh, from our point of view, is more a complement than a replacement, I would say. And, and does that go for other, other forms of finance also? You know, again, the convertibles, the term loans, other things that may come along. Is, is the core of, your, uh, of your, your package going to be bank loans? Yes. Dimitri, what would you say? Well, no, I, I would totally agree. I mean, the, the European commercial lenders, they have uh, proven themselves uh, uh, over many cycles uh, already. And they always have, you know, they have uh, professional teams in place that they have always managed to, to deal with difficult circumstances. Now, again, also, we just started this year to, to enter into financial leasing agreements with Chinese companies. Uh, we do think that uh, the teams built uh, here are very professional teams, and uh, there is uh, a lot of understanding, especially given the fact that uh, the leasing companies are now uh, almost 10 years in the business, uh, most of them. Uh, we see celebrations uh, often for, for the 10-year anniversary. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, at the same time, they, uh, they need to prove themselves uh, in difficult uh, conditions. Uh, from our side as ship owners, we do hope that uh, we find our new uh, long-lasting partners uh, here in China, and we do hope that the leasing companies will support the ship owners if there are any difficult times in the future. Because you can only stay in this industry by building long-lasting relationships and uh, helping each other through, through the cycles. So that's, that's very important to, to have in mind. Cecile, it's recently been in the news that your company has concluded a transaction with uh, CMB Financial Leasing. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about that and how does that affect uh, your plans for uh, growth of your company in the current environment, but also financing? Yes, um, we do very um, delighted to enter into this um, strategic, strategic and cooperation agreement with um, one of the leasing company in China. And so basically um, for that um, cooperation, uh, we do, we, we, it means that we have a alternative funding. So uh, we, if we have a new project, definitely we'll consider um, to have our leasing structure in place with them. At the same time, uh, we provide asset management service to the leasing company. Uh, because actually 
they are not. Ex I mean, they they are specialized in um, leasing deals and financial instrument, but not shipping. So that's why what we offer to them is that we provide as a management service to them. We look when they um, and when they place order uh, to have a new building. So we provide one-stop service to them, um, like supervision uh, at the shipyard. And then when it comes to delivery, uh, we look after the technical ship management service and also commercial. So it depends on what they need. And we're happy to provide them um, uh, this service. Because I think uh, for us, is a we, we last year is our 65th uh, anniversary. Uh, we enter into, um, like we build a vessel in China for many years. So that's why I think um, leasing company, when they look at Wacom, they know that we are a uh, well-established uh, family-owned business. We won't simply walk away. We're not just, we're, we're different from other investors. So uh, build up a chest between us and um, the leasing company. So yeah, going future, we are happy to uh, offer this kind of um, uh, service to the leasing company. Because I think a few years ago when um, um, European bank came to um, our office and talk about the leasing company, they, they probably they, they find there's a flat for them because they worry about like whether the ship owner will just go for leasing company um, for financing and then yeah they miss the opportunity. But I think when when they yeah when like, let's say now when we look back probably they um, the, the the bank will think that leasing company is a partner for them. So the bank provide um, yeah, finance to the leasing company. And so is a, I, I won't say, I, I could say kind of a win-win situation. So for the relationship um, and the cooperation agreement with um, the leasing company that we signed recently, I also treat it as a win-win situation for us. Um, even though some of the um, ship owner may think that, oh, now the leasing company, they build their own vessel. So it may like, um, yeah, it may bring some damage to the to the market, so definitely we need to watch out um, in this aspect. But at the same time, uh, we will take this as an opportunity for, for us um, to serve them and to work with them. So going forward, I mean, uh, yeah, we welcome uh, to do more uh, business with them. So it, it it sounds to me like in in this current environment, say you know since the financial crisis and over these last couple of years where. Uh, you know, shipping has been very tough. What we've seen is, you know, a real emergence of a range of options, new strategic thinking, frankly, between finance providers and owners. Certainly in New York, we've seen uh, quite a large number of private equity joint venture type financing. And from a very high level, what you described reminds me a, a bit of that, where you have a partnership between a capital provider uh, and a traditional owner that really knows how to manage vessels when necessary. Uh, is, is this new mix of capital that we've seen, say, over the last 10 years, that this must, of course, be excellent for the industry. Is it, is it going to be maintained? Is this, is this the new normal? If I, if I can be controversial, I don't think it's been great for the industry at all. I think it's been horrible for the industry. And I think so, this amount of, of, of oversupply of capital, which leads to an oversupply of vessels, has meant that you know, we have struggled to re recover from 2009. And we're still in we're 2018, and we're we're you know barely now. And I speak for the dry bulk market. My colleagues here will know the tanker market better. But you know we're now just coming out. And big reason why we have struggled so much has been the constant oversupply of vessels. 
and the constant oversupply of vessels has been driven by an oversupply of capital. So again, I think the industry would benefit from uh, less money going into it, frankly. So private equity should stay away? I can't tell, say what private equity should do, but I think the experience of private equity that came into this industry in 2013 has not been positive. And the money that they contributed to the industry contribu contributed to their losses ultimately. And, and do, we, do, we, do we see a sort of a normalization of the supply and demand for vessels coming? Is, is it possible that as time goes on, we could, we could sort of each an equal, reach an equilibrium where uh, this effect may be less pronounced? I think shipping will continue to be cyclical and, and in good times it will be oversupplied because as ship owners we like to order new vessels and we like new modern fleets and all these kind of things. So I think it's difficult to say that now everything has changed. Um, I don't think so. I, I think shipping will continue to be, uh, to be cyclical. But what we hope is that we will have longer periods of good times and shorter periods of bad times. And if, frankly, a higher cost of capital assists in that process, that's not so bad. You have to, set, you have to remember the, 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 the extra TCE that we can earn in a strong market far outweighs any increase in the cost of capital on the, on, on the vessels. Stuart, would you, would you agree with, with that? I mean, to the extent that you have had a narrower range of options, but perhaps more expensive, would, would the potential <coughs> medium-term benefit to the industry outweigh uh, the, the fewer number of options for your company? Well, I think, I think that maybe separating options from total aggregate capacity maybe makes sense. So I think the options that are, that are, that are cropping up in the different, different ways that we can finance, I think is my, my feeling is that's likely to stay and there's going to be different options and different players who come into the market to give us some flexibility. I would agree with Peter about the total capacity and amount of, of available. Um, we would be better served perhaps with, without, with not having as much as we've had. And I, also, I agree that it has been, has been a problem for the, ship, for the shipping more so than a benefit, especially for the, for the longer term players. Um, on the other hand, I, I, I'm not sure I'm completely aligned in terms of the, the TC in the top and the high. I agree the TC in the top of the market trumps any lending cost and that's not a big deal. But I think at the end of the day, um, over the long term, and we're going to go through cycles, I completely agree with that, um, that we have to be very cognizant of, our, of the t cost of capital within, within our companies, and it has been traditionally difficult to earn a, a margin significantly above that cost of capital. So I, 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 you know, I welcome the commercial banks and their participation in the market. I think that they remain the largest and the underpinning financer for, on the debt side for in the TK group and for, for TK tankers and, and I hope and expect that they will remain, they will remain so. So I think some of these other higher cost options um, are healthy to have in the mix, um, but, um, but I, I still think the, the lower cost commercial debt is an, is an important component that um, I hope and expect will remain. And, and Dimitri, what about from your perspective, would you prefer a, a wide range of options uh, over the long term for the, you know, the, the revenue potential of your company? Well, no, we, we, we like to have uh, alternative options. Uh, it gives you a lot of flexibility. At the same time, we're also concerned that, uh, as Peter correctly saying, that uh, if it's, there's too much, uh, too much funding in the market, it may lead to uh, results that we, we don't want and oversupply of vessels. We've seen this in the past with uh, you know, a lot of private equity coming in. 
Uh, and essentially, the, the, the main problem was that they had a very short horizon. So uh, as soon as they started uh, making losses, they, they just wanted out of the business. So ship owners are, are here in the, in the long run and in the very long run for the business. So if, if you are to consider a JV uh, or a partnership, you, you need to, to have an understanding that your partner uh, can be here also in, in, in the long run. Uh, and we're happy to hear that, uh, you know, leasing companies here are considering uh, joint venture models. I mean, it may take time, but if you find the right structure um, and if you have already a trustworthy relationship in place, it, it may uh, have good results in the future. But this, both partners have to be uh, in the long run uh, in the business. At the same time, although there is uh, a lot of access to capital, well, not a lot, but still uh, a very good amount in the, in the traditional bank loans. At the same time, we see uh, how uh, the banks having the regulators and uh, their credit committees, the, the terms that they provide, uh, you know, it's, it's not the party that uh, took place uh, 10 years ago. So uh, the terms are uh, conservative, uh, in a sense, uh, from the bank's perspective. So that may be also uh, a good thing, at least with regards to potential oversupply of, uh, of vessel and its avoidance. Also, LIBOR is very high, or is tending to be high. Yeah, so I, we only have a couple of minutes left, and I think we've put our finger on a, on a few themes that may well uh, warrant further discussion on panels this afternoon, focusing on these different financing options. Uh, I just wondered if there's anybody in the audience who wanted to take an opportunity to, to ask a question, maybe just a couple before we break for lunch. There's one in, over on my left. I think one of the reasons uh, ship owners have been able to survive the very poor market since 2008, one of the main reasons is because you know, LIBOR has been very low. But recently, LIBOR has been going up quite substantially, by maybe almost one or you know, two or three times. Um, so whether you know, going forward, you know, ship owners will have a much more difficult time. Anybody want to take that? I think some ship owners will have a much more difficult times. I think some ship owners will be able to, to manage that. Uh, so again, it comes back to what I said in the very beginning of this panel, there'll be bifurcation of the market as the capital costs go up. It's easier for a large, well-capitalized company uh, to, to handle that transition than if you're a very small, uh, under-capitalized company. So uh, yeah, some, 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 it will be easy for some, more difficult, well, not easy, but, but it'll be more difficult for some, but uh, better for others. Any other questions? Well, uh, thank you very much to the panel. I think this has been a great discussion. I really appreciate everybody's time. And uh, we can certainly continue these discussions informally this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Greg.